0: Well, I'm not an expert, I'm not an authority, I'm someone who has been a murderer for almost 20 years. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better.
1: People say, Ted Bundy didn't show any emotion, there must be something in that. I showed emotion, you know what people said? See, you really can't get violent and angry.
0: Welcome to the Squawk and the Hag, a podcast about murder, mystery, the supernatural, and even a conspiracy or two. Dun, dun, dun. My name is Mo.
1: And I'm Kraken.
0: Welcome in, guys, to another episode of the Squawk and the Hag, where this week we have a very special guest with us. And this is Susanna, who is part of a podcast called Thornvale. And if you wouldn't mind introducing
2: yourself and introducing your show a little bit. Absolutely. Hi, uh, my name is Susanna. I am the keeper, uh, which is our term for GM, for the Thornvale podcast. And this is an actual play monster of the week game that we turn into a podcast. So basically we're playing a tabletop RPG game, which you might recognize from shows like, uh, like Critical Role obviously most people know what dungeons and dragons is you know that kind of thing we record the game as we play it and put it out as a show and it is a ton of fun we we really really love it and um our show is called thornvale uh it is about a group of people with dragon powers uh who fight monsters in a small town uh, a small island town off the coast of florida
0: now, how did you get into doing this as a podcast?
2: Yeah, so it's a bit of a, a bit of a long story, but I'll kind of start at the beginning. But uh, I um, I actually hadn't been playing role playing games like very long when I started, but back when I was in college, I I had gotten into listening to podcasts. I started with Welcome to Night Vale, and then I was like, I want to listen to more podcasts. What other podcasts are there out there? And so I sent a a group of, uh, like there was like a girls group in my, in my college. And I said like, Hey, do, who's got some ideas for podcasts. And one of them, what was the show at Ad- the, the adventure zone Taz. And that was a, it was like a group of, of dudes who play DD with their dad. And I was like, that sounds fun. And so I listened to that and their like second season of their show is called amnesty. And that was a monster of the week game. And as soon as I listened to that, I was like, Oh, <gasps> I can use this book series that I'm writing and, and do another story in it in as a podcast. And so it was actually based off of my book series. That's called deep hollow, um, which I am currently working on the second one of. And uh, I decided to make a podcast. that was basically the same idea. Deep hollow is a, a YA book about uh, teenagers who fight monsters with dragon powers. And, Thornvale is a adult, I guess, show about people who fight monsters with dragon powers. But, uh, you know, I I use the term adult lightly. We're like PG-13, you know, we don't curse and don't have any like explicit content or anything. Unlike us. What
1: I'm hearing is with with the stories and the dragon powers, technically this is Dragon Tales. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that.
2: There's not technically any dragons in the show or the books. Just people with dragon powers. That's part of the lore of, of what they're called Dragon Knights. They were basically, they were like a, a bunch of people like invented by um, a group of witches to fight dragons. But there are no dragons anymore because they did their job really well.
1: Just me over here calling it Dragon Tales.
0: <laughs> I watch a lot of, uh, Chris and I, my husband, we watch Babylon 5 like every couple years we rerun the whole series. And that kind of reminds me of there's a story arc with the Vorlons and telepaths. And that kind of reminds me a little bit of that. I don't know if ah, I'm I, ha, I have never seen Babylon 5. <laughs> all right. I'm the only person here, although <laughs> my cat Bubba is next to me and he has watched. Well, quote unquote, watched Babylon 5. So Thornvale, the name, is there a significance? Is that like the the, the island town that they're yeah. in? Is that
2: someone's name? Yeah. So Thornvale is the name of the town that they are in. Um, we, we picked it because, um, originally I, uh, the book series that the, the show is based off of, which ironically, because it takes forever to, to do books, actually came out a couple of months. The first book actually came out a couple of months into the show, but it was written before the show. Funny how that turns out. But, uh, but I, I named the book series, uh, Deep Hollow and I, I named it Deep Hollow because I stole it from the name of a trail that I used to like to walk on in my college, near my college. Um, but I thought Deep Hollow was cool. And so I wanted to, when I, when I named it Thornvale, I wanted it to be like adjective landmass of some variety. And so we came up with thorn or thorny Vale. Um, my friend, my friend Wesley and I, who were like, who's one of my players on the show. I feel like you should have just
0: kept it adjective landmass. That, that would be, (laughs) I think
2: maybe that's a little, a little less, um, a little less, what's the word I'm looking for? Like snappy, you know?
1: (laughs) You guys want to take a trip down to adjective, Thornvale? <laughs> what I already forgot what it was. <laughs> adjective adjective landmass. landmass. You guys want to travel down to adjective landmass? You know, that's where the squawks are. <laughs> well, the squawks.
2: If if adjective landmass is in Pennsylvania, then I suppose.
1: You guys want to travel to adjective landmass and go to noun thing?
2: <laughs> it sounds like a delightful time. It sounds so time. <laughs>
0: So this week we are talking about the Squonk and the the background into why we named the show The Squonk and the Hag is that before we started the audio podcast, uh, we had done some streams that were a podcast style stream on Twitch and we did talk about the Squonk and Krako made a joke that he must be a Squonk. And that actually led into us naming this podcast that. But since starting the podcast, we have not talked about our little friend, the Squonk. So tonight we are going to dive in and talk about the Squonk.
2: And I am here because one of my players discovered the Squonk, because she's from Pennsylvania where the Squonks are, and hounded me to make it one of my monsters for over a year on the show and being kind you didn't do it right away no of course not no i made them wait and so they every for every time we had a new monster like is it a squonk is it a squonk this time squonk just hannah screaming at me
1: about the squonk and you're just like it all it, you see a shadow running in the forest it looks kind of like a squonk and then it's just not a squonk it's, it's something completely opposite it's just a dog it's just an ugly dog it's a Sharpe.
2: Before
0: we kind of get into our ramblings about the Squonk, I have a copy of a book called Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods with a Few Desert and Mountain Beasts, written by William T. Cox originally in nineteen ten. And then This is exciting. Yeah. I I found it really cheap on Amazon. <laughs> But the original 1910 version did not talk about a location for the squonk. It was very vague. It just was like the squonk exists. But then in the 1939 reprint, they adjusted it and it is now located in Pennsylvania. It was rehomed, I guess, or it was driven out of its habitat by logging, because the logging industry at the time was was huge. So it then found a home in the Hemlock Forests in Pennsylvania. So the scientific name is... Okay, actually, we'll start with this. Is it a scientific name if it's a cryptid or mythological beast? We'll go
2: with yes. Sure. I mean, scientific names are just as made up as anything else. All right, so this is the Lacrymocorpus dissolvins. I know the Dissolvins
0: is about dissolving and then the lacrimacorpus. I did see what that stood for and I forget what it was. That I'm not sure about. My
2: Latin is not that good.
0: Assuming it's Latin. You got me. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just lucky that I could make sounds that I think match up to the letters (laughs) in this word. So...
1: Better than whatever I would have said.
0: (laughs) The abacus chair? Yes. A kraken can't say Adirondack.
1: No, I I, I can say it, <laughs> but whenever whenever you first said Adirondack, I was like, "Wait, what? A what kind of chair?" And so I purposefully just was like, "An abacus chair." Got it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the he left out part of the story where something Adirondack was mentioned and he pronounced it at Iron Deck.
1: Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, "What is this word?" And this was when we were streaming it, and everyone in the chat was just like. It's pronounced ad iron deck." They broke it down and I was just like, oh, okay, ad, ad iron deck." Okay, I guess, I guess that's how it's <laughs> pronounced. I'm going to go with that.
0: This is why you never trust strangers on the internet.
1: <laughs> that's, that's a lot of the reasons I get into the trouble I get into.
0: <laughs> All right, so the range of the Squonk is very limited. Few people outside of Pennsylvania have ever heard of the Quaint Beast, which is said to be fairly common in the hemlock forests of that state. The squonk is of a very retiring disposition, generally traveling about at twilight and dusk. Because of its misfitting skin, which is covered with warts and moles, it is always unhappy. In fact, it is said by people who are best able to judge to be the most morbid of beasts. Hunters who are good at tracking are able to follow a squonk by its tear-stained trail, for the animal weeps constantly. When cornered, an escape it seems impossible. Or when surprised and frightened, it may even dissolve itself into tears. Squonk hunters are most successful on frosty, moonlit nights when tears shed slowly and the animal dislikes moving about. It may then be heard weeping under the boughs of dark hemlock trees. Mr. J.P. Wentling, formerly of Pennsylvania but now at St. Anthony Park, Minnesota, had a disappointing experience with a squonk near Alto. He made a clever capture by mimicking the squonk and inducing it to hop into a sack in which he was carrying it home when suddenly the burden lightened and the weeping ceased. Wentling unslung the sack and looked in. There was nothing but tears and bubbles.
2: You know, I've read this story before and the first time I read it it is the other first times I've read it. I have not It has not occurred to me, like, why do you want to hunt a squonk? Like, do you think they taste
1: good? I mean, you could argue the same with Bigfoot. Why is everyone trying to find Bigfoot?
2: Yeah, but people don't want to hunt Bigfoot, really. You know, like, we want to see Bigfoot, but why are you trying to capture a squonk? And he captured it alive instead of, like, it's not like he wanted to eat. Like, if he wanted to eat the squonk, he would have killed it. I can see that. It's just the, the term hunter's you know kind of made me think it's like why are you hunting this creature
0: and like it's covered in warts and moles so it wouldn't be like it
2: sounds
1: distinctly unpleasant to eat you know if if the squonk was like in not just in pennsylvania but like in the south someone's gonna try to eat it
2: i mean generally speaking if people are desperate enough they'll eat just about anything i don't think he was talking about desperate
1: (laughs) no it's not a matter of being desperate it's a matter of Wonder what that thing tastes like with barbecue sauce? It's <laughs> <That's> a <good> <laughs> <call>. <laughs> Uh,
0: But I mean, maybe somebody wanted to eat it with barbecue sauce, but like you couldn't even like do anything with the hide because it's like yeah, know, bumpy really. and
1: gross. Oh, but wait, I think you're all missing the more the, the most important part though. Technically, if it's crying all the time, it's pre-salted. <laughs>
2: uh, maybe it cures really well. It's like instant cured meat. And also, it.
0: It's like instant soup. I don't like soup. <laughs> did you just say you don't like soup? Yeah.
1: Oh, I love soup. Maybe. Well, you'll love squonk soup. It's it's just tears. It's just salt water. <laughs>
0: oh. just, here's a nice sack of salt water. Okay. You're mentioning some questions here. If it was in a sack, how did the worst stay in it? Maybe it was like a, like a wax sack or something, you know? Maybe. Because otherwise, he wouldn't have had to open it to find out what happened. Mm -hmm. So anyway, (laughs) in 2015, a man named Hal Johnson reimagined the story of fearsome creatures of the Lumberwoods with a few desert and mountain beasts. And he actually did. He added a little bit of a description, a little more of a description of the squonk. And he did uh, add some, I guess, fiction into it with the story of him and J.P. Wentling competing to capture the Squonk. But in um, his description, uh, its wrinkly skin is covered in warts and hangs from its body like a badly tailored suit. Its face, shaped like a rat's hindquarters with a pig's nose, is covered in warts and its roomy eyes weep constant tears. It has yellowing crooked tusks, but its most fearsome aspect is its misery. Most misery could scarcely be called fearsome, but the misery of the squonk is contagious.
1: Another really good question is, what happens if instead of trying to capture the squonk so it doesn't disappear, you offer it tissues and try to comfort it? Hmm. What if you do the opposite? I don't know.
2: That uh, that didn't happen in in my show.
1: <laughs> there was no squonk makeover.
2: Mm-mm. I'm just now
0: imagining this poor little squonk with like a pink bow on its head, and then like little heels and skinny jeans, and like heavy heavy makeup, and then heavy just, like,
1: makeup. I don't know what to oh do. no! So <laughs> mascara running all over
2: it. Oh oh no! A squonk with mascara.
0: That's what waterproof mascara is for. I need to see this now. (laughs) So in your show, uh, you you are monster hunters and everything. How did you adapt the squonk to the story?
2: So I used a lot of like some of the the lore that I read about the creature and... I like the idea of its its misery being contagious and obviously in this show it, I, I tend to run like really kind of hard hitting scary monsters. Um, the squawk I kind of designed to be a little sillier, but I wanted to give it a threat, you know because I wanted my people to to go chase it down. you know I, I, I needed a reason for them wanting to get rid of this creature, you know. So um, I added I, I kept the thing about how it like dissolves into tears if it feels threatened. And I added a thing that if you get too close to it and it didn't have time to, like, dissolve into tears, it would turn around and bite you. And if it bites you, uh, you start to cry and you will yourself dissolve into tears over time. You will, like, cry until you, like, dehydrate yourself and die. Oh, my God.
0: I think yours is way scarier now. (laughs) It's supposed to. Yeah, it's a little scarier.
1: That one is 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 horrifying. But what if you like halved their size and created a small army? I of mean, them?
2: generally, if you create a small army of most cryptid creatures, it would be a little freaky.
0: Uh, it doesn't even have to be small crypt. Like it doesn't even have to be cryptids. Like, have you ever seen what a realistic Velociraptor is like? I mean, have you seen a room full of toddlers? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair.
1: Have you seen a Terror Bird?
0: Yeah, yeah. Terror birds, although terror birds are bigger than Velociraptors, exactly. Yeah, Velociraptors are like the size of a chicken, but they're pack hunters. So you have like imagine.
1: Well, now that begs the question: if they're the size of chickens, what do they taste like? <laughs> and better question yet: what do the eggs taste like? Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: I things I wish I knew.
1: Yeah, I ask the hard. Qu- I ask the hard questions. This is why I got kicked off of the NASA tour.
0: But yeah, so I actually was watching uh, a thing where they were doing digital recreations of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, but realistically, and they uh-huh. they did the Velociraptor because in the movie, and this is, I guess I probably should have warned you if dinosaurs ever come up, I'm going to not shut up. But uh, in the movie... I'm okay with this. I love dinosaurs. They're so good. Uh, in the movie, <laughs> they were originally going to do the Velociraptor and they were like... Uh, we need a a scarier dinosaur cuz this thing's the size of a chicken guys so it's, small. it's small so right at the time that they started writing Jurassic Park the Utah raptor was discovered which is mm-hmm. what it's the size of the velociraptor in the movies but it's, you know, a different dinosaur, technically. And they're like, okay, we're going to use this dinosaur. And they they did all that stuff. But in the recreation, it's on YouTube, uh, they had... They did two. They did one recreating it as a realistic Velociraptor with the feathers and all that stuff, and then they also did one of the or realistic Utah Raptor. Sorry, and then they did a realistic uh, Velociraptor where it's just like this little thing jumping that it could be seen in the window and then flapping its wings, and it's just stuck out there and nothing happened, which I thought was hilarious. You know, I
1: would pay <laughs> for that version of the movie. I, I kind of need to see
0: that. <laughs> I know. Could you imagine just being chased by like four little chicken? Dinosaurs.
1: I mean, chickens can be terrifying.
2: Honestly, though, chickens are are terrifying little monsters. They know they used to be dinosaurs. (laughs) You can tell in the way they'll strip anything to the bone in a couple of minutes.
1: You can see the taste for flesh in their eyes. Yeah.
2: A chicken will eat a chicken, man. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Chickens are mean. Like, if you, you, you like... You, you can give a rat to a chicken. If you, like, find a rat or something on your, on your property and you dump, you dump it in your chicken coop, and the chickens will have it stripped to the bone in, like, a couple of minutes. They're terrifying little monsters.
1: May or may not have literally watched a video one time that I came across of someone just tossing some McDonald's nuggets into the pen and the chickens just, like, went into a feeding frenzy like piranhas.
2: Yeah, they are, they are shockingly violent little creatures. <laughs> okay,
0: I think this is more horrifying than cryptids.
2: I, I. <laughs> Well, the Spunk is not a particularly horrifying creature, sure, This sure. It's mostly just kind of sad.
1: We, we were talking about how pigs will eat anything. No, 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 it's chickens that you need to be afraid of. Yeah, man.
2: I mean, to be fair, a chicken may want to eat you, but it is less physically capable of doing so than a pig. I mean, yeah. if you
1: fall and can't move for a while, and there's a pack of hungry chickens around, I mean, you might be in trouble.
2: You might be, yeah. If you can't move, you might be in trouble. I would not. I would not face down a pack of hunger chickens. I'm never leaving the house again. <laughs> Sorry about this. <laughs> Sorry, Mo.
1: Mo was just like.
2: If you've ever felt bad about eating chicken, just remember they'd eat you too if well, they had the chance. Well, I know. So I, I
0: am a cracker, will probably tell you, crazy cat lady. But uh, I I love my cats, and I know you have a cat as well. But uh, I know that if you die in a house with cats and they are hungry, they will they will start picking at you.
2: Oh, sure, that's because cats have you're like a cat is a tiny tiger that lives in your house. They're not pack animals. They're barely like domesticated. <laughs> Yeah, they, they live with us because they want to, not because they feel like they have any special attachment half the time. I and mean, if you want to get well,
1: technical, we can look up the definition of domesticated and argue that cats aren't domesticated. They just do. What yeah, they I want. know.
2: They just like
0: us for some reason. <laughs> they do. It's funny because dogs nice. have become reliant on people, whereas cats are like, uh, please serve me. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's like a, a dog is like, uh, you feed me, you pet me, you, you love me, you know. You you must be God. A cat is like you feed me, you pet me, you love me. I must be God. Basically, they're yeah, they can be terrifying.
0: I also love my cats. I have two. They're great. Like I love my cats, but they can be terrifying.
1: Unless it's wedge, wedge is probably more scared of you than anything. But again, then again, he's also scared of leaves
0: and his shadow. <laughs> and that one time when he farted,
1: yeah pretty much.
0: My cat farted and scared himself. Um oh. But he's he's one of those like he is gentle with his toys. He doesn't put his claws out to play with his toys. He doesn't put his claws out to Aww. wrestle with his brother. He like he's like the gentlest little thing ever. And his favorite thing to do is to lick my fingers. He just likes to lick my fingers and nurse on them cuz I we he was found as a stray and they think that he was removed from his mama too soon. But, um, yeah, so he like nurses on my fingers and then he's just like the gentlest thing ever and then you have our little girl cat who just wrecks shop on anything and anyone that looks at her the wrong way. That's funny.
1: I forgot what happened that you were mentioning it was just like Han was asleep. Mara got mad about something and just went over and just beat him up for no reason. Oh,
0: no, that was the reason he was asleep. That that
2: Fair she like walked in the room and she just the our our cats are brothers and they just fight each other all yeah, the time. We have two that are brothers and then
0: just a motley crew, and like literally the little girl Mara, she walked in the room and she looked over at him and Han was just sleeping. He was just sleeping doing nothing, and she just railed on him. Oh. I feel as bad for him as the squad. But like, it's funny then because like they'll fight like that, and like they have like they have little scratches here and there sometimes if it gets really bad, and then they'll lay down and curl up and sleep together.
1: Aww. See, the problem was the the princess walked in, and and Han was not worshiping her; he was instead sleeping, unaware of her presence, as he should be. It's true.
0: So anyway, circling back to the topic at hand. I forget where we Squonks. (laughs) Yes, squonks. One of the things from the twenty fifteen version of uh, Fearsome Creatures that they you so it's misery misery is contagious. If you touch its skin, you will become basically depressed. And it's so bad that trees and brush oh. move out of its way to avoid touching its skin. The squonk is so miserable oh. that even plants won't touch it. You know,
2: it. I, I generally remember, I'm I, this is a memory that's like coming out of long ago. I have no idea what the context of this is, but I remember there was like a SpongeBob episode where he was convinced he was ugly. Yes. And that's kind of reminding yes. me of the squonk a little bit. <laughs> I'm just so ugly.
1: So someone basically went up to the squonk and told it the story that Patrick did. There was once a boy who was so ugly, everyone died to the end. I feel like we need to go look for a squonk now just so we can be polite to it and see what happens. Well,
0: I mean, you need to come visit me in Pennsylvania, so...
1: Fair enough. Speaking
0: of pop culture references, there are a few. There is a Steely Dan song called Any Major Dude Will Tell You that mentions the squawk. In what context? I don't know. I've never listened to that song. So I, oh. I wanted to listen to it before we recorded and I forgot. But it does mention like, it's just a mention. But then Genesis wrote an entire song about it called Squonk. I was about to say so. the Bible?
2: <laughs> I, like, well, I don't remember
1: that. Immediately my thought is well the band or the book?
2: Yeah. I didn't know there was a band. Uh,
0: so Genesis is the band that Phil Collins was part of back in the like 80s ah, and 90s. Needed. Yeah. So they have a song all about the Squonk, specifically about the Squonk. Fascinating. Then there is a performing group in Pittsburgh, the Squonk Opera, which... This makes crack- sense to me. Yeah, Cracko sent pictures. Uh, I tried to look up why they were named Squonk. It's squonk.org. And I was like, oh, maybe they're named after the Squonk because they're in Pennsylvania and yada, yada, yada. And they have no information whatsoever about how they came up with the name Squonk. So I emailed them.
1: I mean, if you had a band that was the Squonk Orchestra... Or squonk opera, would, would you not just like put some weird visuals for your set pieces, like for your stage, and then just give no explanation? <laughs> yes. Well,
2: that seems to be what they did, because there's like the pictures you sent us. There's like giant hands coming out of a stage, like giant purple hands. And I am <laughs> slightly disturbed.
1: I'm trying to, to think of how to describe it here. It's it's like a, a box frame made out of metal. And the top has... The upper from the shoulders, it includes the arms and the head of just this blue man. And apparently, there's a guy that stands inside that thing and plays the bagpipes.
2: And these, this blue man has this big, like, uh, like sunburst thing behind him. And then he he looks like he's got like like tiny symbols embedded in his head. I I mean, like the like the musical instrument. (laughs) It's weird, (laughs) y'all.
0: I'm also really confused as to. Why the man inside is playing bagpipes?
1: That's a better question is why not?
2: Okay, fair. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Fair. The next picture is very pink.
1: I need to watch a video of them playing live to confirm my suspicions, but I've seen a bunch of photos of those hands close up whenever I pulled those two up. I think they move. No,
2: No, 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 no. Oh, I hate that. They do look like they move. They're big. They're big hands.
1: They're like seven times the size of a person. I, I see what it is now. Those strings. They're it's inflatable. It's like one of those balloons. No, great. They're inflatable.
2: Y'all look this up because you need to know what this looks like.
1: I don't need sleep. I need ants. I hate it, man.
2: <laughs> I just like I no. I I prefer looking at a squawk.
1: Yes. They were on America's Got Talent and what? <laughs> Why did I type in squonk opera on YouTube? And, and one of the uh, autofill things is squonk opera America's Got Talent.
2: Um.
0: Anyways, this seems very Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going to have nightmares of giant purple hands
2: tonight. Which is funny, considering we're talking about this horribly ugly, saggy skinned creature. And <laughs> this is what we find the more terrifying. The hands
1: open and close like a puppet.
2: Oh, uh, they move. Oh, I hate it. No, no, no. No, thank you. No. No crack.
1: Oh no. There's puppeteers operating the hands for the whole show.
0: Oh god. So, okay, can you imagine you're in a job interview and someone's like, "Oh, so what was what was what did you do at your last position?" And you know, like the first the first three or four people who applied they're like oh I was in marketing I was an office assistant I operated a giant purple puppet hand I
2: operated a giant purple thumb even there's just dudes that have thumbs on their backs I don't know if you
1: guys are still watching this or not but the fingers come off and attach to the the people's backs that are playing the instruments
2: I I know Susanna
0: you're usually PG-13 so I'm gonna put this carefully in case people are listening from your show but when they take the fingers off and put them on their back
2: they don't mm. look like fingers no no they don't
1: now I can't see it thank you
2: this is just an altogether disturbing experience I did not expect from the wholesome and adorable uh, sad squonk although to be fair that's about how it went in the show as well so um,
1: season two y'all <laughs> Yo, they they were... I could have went and saw them in September. They were in my state. I literally... It would have been no more than two hour drive to go see them.
0: I'm just really confused because it's bright and colorful and it seems like it's supposed to be happy. But the squonk is anything but that.
2: Yeah, I know, right? This is... Maybe maybe it's just like acknowledging that this is, in fact, Nightmare Fuel.
1: What I'm gathering is it's an art performance as well as music, because yeah. if you go to their website, they... It's the only way you can justify this. They don't always do the hands. They had one tour that was cycle Sonic. It was all bicycle-related.
0: Yeah, so this is from their show cool. Hand to Hand.
1: Yeah, that's the most recent show that they did.
0: And the most horrifying.
1: Pneumatica was the one with the giant man. Hey, there's, our, there's what our podcast name should have been, Mayhem and Majesty.
2: It's a pretty good name.
1: I think I found a new band that I like. <laughs> just because it makes no sense.
0: It it doesn't. It makes zero sense. Like, why?
1: Best part about it, there's audience oh. participation. They had audience members operating the hand at one point, just pulling the strings, making the fingers move. I don't think I could do that. I'll do it.
0: The there's a there's a quote on their website. A blazingly unique spectacle. A flood of contraptions, visual jokes, and gloriously eccentric music.
2: You know, I feel like Weird Al Yankovic should have come up with something squonk-related
1: by now. I'm surprised he's not a part of the show.
0: (laughs) See, if Weird Al was there, I would go see it. Dude, imagine! Okay, 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 okay. The giant blue man with the bagpipe inside. But instead. It's the bagpipe player and Weird Owl on the accordion together. Somewhere there needs to
2: be a real squonk. Maybe Weird Owl's dressed as a squonk. Like they just need a giant, horrible, ugly, true inflatable squonk.
1: Not not only inflatable. No 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 no. It's like one of those uh, the
2: animatronic and inflatable.
1: Yes. I oh, mean, you know, like for the Chinese New Year parades and stuff, where they have the dragon oh. that's operated by like a team of several people. They just need that, but the squonk.
2: Now, how are they going to make it dissolve into tears when people look at it? Now, that's the question. That would take some work. A that bubble would take machine, some
1: work. and then while in, in the cloud of bubbles, they just run off stage, and they just, someone just throws a bucket of water on, on the stage. I feel like there's a lot you can do with bubbles here. There is.
2: They said it dissolves into bubbles. Yeah, tears and bubbles. Tears and bubbles. That's what they can call it. They can call this this performance Tears and Bubbles. Welcome to the 2023 Tears and Bubbles Tour. <laughs> <laughs> See, y- y'all, get in, y'all get in contact with us. We, we, we got, we got your whole next show set up for you.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> like, did we break you? Murderous chickens and purple puppet hands. Like, I can't. <laughs> things we didn't expect
2: to talk about tonight. <laughs> I never come into this show with expectations. <laughs> That's fair. I've long since given up expectations on my show just because, like, my players will do things. And I just I never know what anyone is going to do. And it's it's just not worth uh, trying to, to figure it out anymore.
1: <laughs> what do you do when one of your players goes after the, the monster with, like, a, a knife and a fork?
2: I mean, I kick their ass <laughs> Fair enough. (laughs) The the Monster of the Week as a game system has a mechanic where, like, each monster has, like, a weakness, basically, that you kind of have to, like, figure out. And if you don't know what the weakness is, then you're not going to be able to, like, take care of it
1: regardless. So... You see, the fun thing is, we actually, our D&D group, did a, uh monster of the week thing for a while and we really did do monster of the week we did one campaign we was every other week and oh, man. we did one campaign it was one monster that might take a couple weeks to do so it technically wasn't monster of the week the way we did it but we would have one monster we would do a couple sessions with and then we would have a d- switch into a different one in the same town
2: yeah that's basically how it ends up working with um with our show Because was obviously like, doing a monster of the week would just be like oh my god that's so much work
1: but the DM gave us the option to have weapons. So it was just like, there's no weakness. Just start blasting. It's fine. That's funny.
2: Yeah, uh, my, I, we have different weapons, but uh,
0: it's fun. Kraken and I aren't allowed to play tabletop RPGs together anymore. Oh,
1: no. Uh, we, we, won't, we won't talk about the incident.
0: I don't want to know about the incident. So, uh, my husband put together a GURPS campaign for us, and he worked really hard on it. He did an amazing job. And it started out... Where Kraken was part of so it took place in the fallout universe, and Kraken was part Me. of a vault, and they had uh this sacred fruit, and there was like a ceremony and stuff like that, and Krako turned it into juice and drank it and got kicked out of the vault, yeah, which I thought was hilarious because Krako's obsessed with juice. Oops. I don't remember
1: how that started, but it's a thing now.
0: It was when we were streaming, but I forget how it, I, I, I'm i trying to think. I can't remember how the whole juice thing started, but um, no it's clue. J-O-O-S, by the way.
1: I'm a toddler that can't oh. spell.
0: And so then he got kicked out into the wasteland and I was like, a, I was a wastelander, like bounty hunter, I think, or something like that. And pretty much the first yeah. entire day that we played, all we did was shoot each other and then heal them. And shoot each yeah, just shoot and heal, shoot and heal. Because
1: we just kept quote arguing, yeah.
0: <laughs> and finally, like we played, I think like
2: three, three cam, three times, and then Chris just gave up. Yeah, we we have a very like narrative focused one. I think Monster of the Week really allows for that kind of thing, just because like it, you you know it's not super like combat heavy, and even when it is combat heavy, like the way you do the the mo- the moves is really freeing. I really like it. I've never played that style. It's really fun. A lot of what's called Powered by the Apocalypse games are similar to that, which is games that are based off of a game called Apocalypse World, um, which is usually okay. usually 2D6-based systems. There's a couple of different things uh, that that kind of make them up, but there are a lot of very narrative-focused games. They make great games
1: for podcasts. Yeah, that, that style is a lot faster because it's not like turns don't feel slow it's it's all very yeah. fluid and it's very quick it's not a roll I mean you still have to roll but it's not a stop roll let's do a bunch of math to figure out damage and stuff it's alright you right. You're, you're in battle what are you doing what's happening
2: yeah and you have like seven hit points so you know the math is pretty easy and the GM doesn't have to roll which I love I think it was funny
0: that we decided to do that and of the three of us none of us is good at math so who knows how accurate our sheets were? Um, and that was in the GURP system, which is very much the opposite of what you're talking about. Probably not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's a lot of document this and roll that and t- multiply that and yada, yada, yada. So That sounds crunchy. I think this monster of the week sounds way better.
2: <laughs> I'm a big fan.
1: Yeah, the character sheets for that was it, it was a lot more simple because it was just, all right, you're picking this class. All right, pick three of these, two of these, and one of those.
2: Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I can get people playing Monster of the Week in, like, five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's a very simple... I, I usually, whenever I've played... I used to do these, like, one-shots with people, like, um, like streamed, and I, I would be like, okay, uh, it's it's like 15 minutes to kind of explain how it works and have you up and, like, actually rolling dice.
0: I So it could be... I guess we could label it yeah. as spoilers, but how did your team fare against the squawk? <laughs>
2: oh boy interestingly you know it's kind of a pathetic little creature you know so they, they chased it all over the place they found uh, some evidence of where it had attacked people they found one place where uh, it had dissolved someone I think it may have had more powers than just I think it may have It would be like the cry yourself to death and the, I think it also had like the ability to dissolve you I think that's how it worked I can't remember anymore um, it's been it's been a little while. Where's Where's in season three now? Uh, it's been been a couple months since we played it, but they 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 chased it all over the place and they kept they they made these very elaborate plans to like trap the thing, and it just went badly every time. <laughs> oh No. Eventually, um, they they came up with the idea that they're not going to be able to like grab it, you know, because they don't want it to bite them and they don't want to. They don't want it to dissolve. So in in our, in our the world, the, the way the world works is that there are the monsters come through things called the rifts, which are these like magical portals, basically. And so you can open up a rift to what, what we call like the rift lands. You open up a rift and you try and you can throw the creatures back in there sometimes. Most of the time you just want to kill them. Because it's kind of dangerous to just open up a rift anywhere because other things could come through or they could just not go into it or you could fall in there. That was that happened once and it was fun. But yeah, so (laughs) I have a feeling it was fun for you. Oh, it was so good. (laughs) So good. It was fun for them, too. But oh, man, it was traumatizing for the characters. Uh, But yeah, so they decided like, okay, we're going to try to trap this thing and we're going to try to open up a rift and get it to run into the rift and so they found some like garbage that it was eating and tried to chuck it into the rift to get it to go into the rift and they they like opened up a bunch of rifts around it and they finally like threw some garbage through and there was this other creature on the other side that was running oh, through it no. and they opened up this rift and this other creature came and just bit the squonk in half and took it in oh, after it no! it was so horrible it was so horrible. Oh no, uh, that was the result of a, of a bad roll. That's why that happened. But uh, yeah, it was great. It was so funny. So now, so now they they got their squonk. So I'm off the hook for the squonk.
0: Um, I know in the the 2015 book, in the section where the guy and Wentling were kind of competing to capture a swonk, squonk. Uh, he said that he built snares because he refused to come in contact with the squonk's nasty feet and dug pits that simply spat out again any squonks that fell in. Uh, instead, Wentling had found himself a ratty old burlap sack, too old and ragged to care if it touched squonk meat. He filled the sack with baby's cries with the sloshing of... What? This upsets me, but the sloshing of drowning kittens, oh. and with the crashing of the nineteen twenty nine stock market. Armed with nothing else, he sought the squawk. It took him weeks of rooting through mud and fields, but when Wentling finally worked his way close enough to a squonk that its gnarled cauliflower ears, clogged with waxen hair, could nevertheless make out the sounds rattling around inside the sack. Misery loves company, and to a squonk these sounds are irresistible. Wentling opened the sack, letting the carefully collected calliope of
2: sound escape, and the squonk ran in. Calliope. Calliope. I I recently learned that's how that word was pronounced, because I had been pronouncing it calliope too, so.
0: (laughs) It's a calliope, you know. Uh, It's
2: It's calliope though, apparently.
0: Calliope. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what? I feel like I should have known that because I watched Sandman. And Uh, one of the bonus episodes was about the Greek goddess Calliope or something like that. But that is um, his recounting of how to catch it. But similar to the 1910 version, once the squonk was captured in the sack and was terrified, it dissolved into tears uh, mm -hmm. and disappeared.
2: Sneaky, sneaky. Womp, womp. I, I was I was so curious how my players were going to deal with the whole dissolving thing but it was uh, very entertaining one of them did get bit <laughs> oh no was there like a cure they had to do some magic oh okay yeah well um, basically they used the squonk's tears to like reverse engineer like a cure for it hmm.
0: see I think it would be kind of interesting if the tea like when it dissolves into tears that doesn't mean it died like, um, I don't know if you ever watched, like, sci-fi stuff where you have, like, gelatinous beings and stuff like that. And then they can, like, um, I guess Odo on Deep Space Nine or um, I forget his name on the Orville. But, um, you know, they go and they can be split up and then put back together because it's just liquid. So, like, they could dissolve it into tears. No, yeah, well, that
2: was basically how it worked for oh, us. Really? It just dissolved into tears and then it would move around to somewhere oh. else. So it was the same squonk they were chasing all over the place.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, because in the in the um, 2015 book, it basically is like, yeah, it died. <laughs> I'm like,
2: oh. Oh, what's that's silly. sad. What what uses that as a defensive mechanism? Yeah, it's like, I'm scared dies. That's just, that's just the defensive mechanism of screw you, I
0: guess. I guess. guess. <laughs> Cracko, being our resident
2: squonk. Yes. Why?
1: Because reasons. Don't worry about it. It's fine. (laughs) Fair enough. It's as good a reason as anything else, I suppose. For squonk reasons. It's official squonk business. It's top secret.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Do you have any other squonk bits? Squonk tidbits?
2: I think you've covered about everything that I kind of learned about the creature. You know, I I didn't look as 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 deeply into it as you did, because like I didn't I I tried to change my monsters a little bit, you know, just because like I don't want you to know everything about a monster, you know, because then it makes it really easy to defeat. So like when I do vampires, they're a little different from like most folklore type vampires, you know, because I I don't want people to be able to be like, i throw some garlic at it and it stops, you know, I wish people would throw garlic at me. I love that stuff yeah man like every every food I make can repel vampires from like a mile away I love garlic
1: wait until one of your players comes across a vampire and they just wait and find its lair and and pull the whole humidifier with holy water trick
2: (laughs) see it wouldn't work on my vampires they don't care about holy water
1: suddenly everyone is panicked
0: before we head out i didn't know if you wanted to, i know you said you are currently in season 3 i didn't know if there is a little bit of
2: a preview or teaser trailer something do dad thing i would recommend you start with season 1 it is a narrative show um that we have a prologue so i'm sure you can put the the link you know in mm-hmm. like the yep. description or whatever but if you search thornvale anywhere you'll find it it's t h o r n V-A-L-E So But yeah Start start with season one It's a narrative show If you start with season three You're gonna be real confused Okay Good to know I will not start with season three I had somebody one time Start with season two And season one starts off without um, Music and sound effects and stuff And then I think in episode 12 I start adding that in So fair Fair warning <laughs> The good editing starts a little later
0: if anybody is interested in a monster week adventure, I would highly suggest checking out Thornvale. And then thank you very much for joining us. This has been awesome. This has been a blast. Minus when I might have forgotten to hit. I right highly now.
1: recommend checking out adjective landmass.
2: Yeah, and you can go see noun thing. And you can see how person's name defeats specific monster. <laughs> see, we just wrote season four for you. <laughs> thank you. See, that covers both the the, uh, the Deep Hollow books and Thornvale. And just
0: a quick heads up that next week there will not be an episode. We are planning one week off, but we will be back the week after that with another amazing story from the Squawk and the Hag. As always, make sure to check out our website for all of the show notes, sources, and more information at thesquonkandthehag.com.
1: And we would also love and appreciate your support by either leaving a review on iTunes or through small monthly donations using the viewer support link in the description. And if you don't subscribe, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast network to get notified of new episodes every Thursday.
0: All right, Cracko, you ready? Bye.